Welcome to Audacity Works, a podcast inspired by and dedicated to the working artist, the creative entrepreneur, and generally doing the damn thing. This exists on the premise that the world belongs to those who have the audacity to believe that their lives have value. This is for you. Hi, friends, and welcome to Audacity Works. This is episode 17. I am your host, Rachel Strickland, and we're going to be talking about all kinds of things today. I've got some announcements to make. Um, I am getting a lot of messages because the schedule for the Irish Aerial Dance Festival 2023 was released uh, last week, and everyone was very surprised to see me on the schedule. <laughs> But the cat's out of the bag, and I am teaching at the Irish Aerial Dance Festival. This is going to be my ninth time coming back to this festival. And if you don't know what the IADF is, then you should, because it's awesome. 10 out of 10 recommend. It's definitely, like, the first time I went to this festival, it was only its second year. This was in 2011. And I looked at the schedule, and I was like, oh... I really want to go to this, uh, and they don't have hoop, and I I have hoop. I could bring hoop, and uh, I emailed um, the director, and we struck up a conversation, which wasn't easy. Cause she was like, "Who are you? I don't know you." But in the end, I did go, and going to this festival is without a doubt the best thing I ever did for my aerial life, and it exploded the boundaries of the world as I saw it and as I knew it, meeting so many artists and practitioners from lots of different countries, this is also where I learned about this weird thing that other countries have called funding. And I was walking um, back to the accommodation, by the way, totally stay in the accommodation if you go to the festival. Like you, you want to be around the people go to the accommodation. Don't get your own little Airbnb and like be all private and hermity about it. Go to the accommodation. And uh, one of my housemates in the accommodation was uh, Caroline. And we were walking back after a day of doing all of the things in the air. And she was explaining to me that she had gotten funding to come to the festival. And I was like, what? What are you talking about? And she kind of explained it, and then over the next two weeks, I watched her collecting uh, documentation of her, like, in a harness on the wall and on the fabrics and just doing the do. And she explained that that was, like, to go back and show the people who had granted her the funding, this is what I did with it. I'm like, so you, they just gave you money to come do this? what world is this? And I've gotten to know funding a lot better, mostly, approximately, because I'm an American. But I've written many a letter of support, uh, mostly for Irish artists, which is my honor to do so. Now, Americans, I, I'm not trying to like dog on it or whatever. Maybe I am. I don't know. I know that there is funding for American artists, but I haven't looked into it uh, much, and after a couple of failed attempts, I just decided I was going to use my energy to just make my own money, and uh, that that's how I wanted to go about doing things. So I'm not super educated on what funding is available for American artists, because I kind of got tired of the landscape that I saw when I was looking for it. But that doesn't mean that you shouldn't, and that you won't have 
better luck than me and a better attitude <laughs> than me. So if you want to pursue it, please pursue it. But uh, I do love being exposed to it and seeing how other cultures support the arts in lots of different ways. So the reason that I stopped going to the Irish Aerial Dance Festival, the last time I went was in 2019. And there was like this big, um, wonderful, teary farewell because I wasn't, I, I don't teach tricks anymore. You know, like I don't teach physical skills. I taught for 10 years, um, a lot. And I just wanted to do something else. I wanted to focus on my creative work. I, uh, we were thinking about starting a family. So I announced it was going to be my last IDF unless I came back as a student. And then, of course, the global panini happened and I did stop teaching skills. I don't teach physical skills anymore. I do teach creative skills and I teach career skills. But being invited to come back to one of my favorite places uh, and also knowing that I, I didn't have to teach the physical skills because there were other people who were available to teach technique which is very, very good because that's exactly what they should be doing. I am not in that place and they are and thank God. But the festival is two weeks long and there's a show in the last weekend, a couple of shows really, and it's just two weeks of being in the air and creativity and learning everything that you can cram into your brain and meeting all of the best people that you'll ever meet in your life. So kind of hard to top, you know. I also feel like it's really, really affordable because it's subsidized by the government who supports the arts. So, yay. Booking is not open yet, but you can view the schedule online. And I believe booking is going to be open within the next uh, week. So check out the schedule. I put the link in the show notes if you want to have a gander and maybe have a think about what do you want to do this summer. It's the last two weeks of July in 2023. And if you do decide to go, here is some advice. One, priorities should be food and sleep. Do not underestimate what I am saying. Eat at every possible opportunity and make sure that you always have food with you because you're going to be asking a great deal of your nervous system, your meat suit, you know, need to feed it, feed the beast. Also, uh, as it takes place in Donegal, which is uh, quite north in Ireland, the sun comes up at like freaking 3.30 a.m. I'm exaggerating, but it does come up really early. And if you're like me and you can't sleep when the sun is shining into your window, do something about that. <laughs> Have an eye mask or uh, bring a black sheet to hang up over the window or whatever. Because, yeah, that, that sun is no joke. Also, it, if you want to like a really nice experience, like you can take up to four classes a day, not including the warm up and the cool down, I believe, but three would be my recommendation. Uh, depending on your level of capacity, like, don't overestimate your capacity. It, it is, it is intense. And I got this like super wonderful suggestion, which is absolutely true from uh, the great Jenny Tufts on her Patreon. She's like, don't take more than two bar classes a day. Your hands will die. Um, she's correct. She's absolutely correct. And by bar apparatus, I mean like hoop, trapeze, spiral, anything where you have to hold on to something hard because your 
if you're not used to doing that that many hours a day, day after day after day, uh, the last thing you want is an injury in your hands. And by injury, I mean a flesh wound, like ripping, uh, because it's it's a great deal to ask of your hands. So give yourself a break. No more than two bar classes a day. Thank you, Jenny, for that absolutely brilliant advice. So that's what's on the docket. Booking should be open soon. So keep checking back. Uh, the link, as I've said, in the show notes, if you want to take a look at the schedule and dream a little dream and then maybe follow through on it. As well, uh, the Audacity Project is enrolling this week and this week only. Enrollment will close Friday, February 17th at 11.59 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. That's New York time. And uh, I think we're about half capacity right now, so we still have plenty of places. But um, I would urge you, if you're interested in going through the gauntlet with me and getting your shit together as an artist, getting after some opportunities... Uh, that you don't wait, because once it is full, I will close it. And there's another opportunity that I want to tell you about. And this is for the Maestros, the Movement Maestros Instagram Intensive. Uh, I took this intensive a couple of years ago, and it is hands down the best thing I ever did for my relationship with social media. Social media is a bear and uh, particularly Instagram is what I am talking about, but I think it could be useful for how you look at all of your relationships with social media. And so many of the artists that I work with, like, it's a real problem. Like, they feel like they have to use it, and they actually want to use it in a lot of cases, but they, they just hate it. They hate it. They hate their relationship with it. They hate how it makes them feel. And that's a problem. If you want to use something and you hate the way it makes you feel. And I was feeling that way about it as well before I took the uh, the Instagram intensive with the maestro. And it 100% changed my relationship with social media and how I interact. And, you know, I used to just really avoid Instagram. I didn't want to use it, but I felt like I had to. And now I like using it. I enjoy it. It is fun. It changed the relationship with the platform from something that made me feel like shit to something that made me feel connected to other people in a, in a very real way. And like internet relationships are real relationships. Instagram friends are friends. Uh, so many of my close friends I've never even met in person. Um, that's okay because I still get access to them because of the wonderful thing called the internet. Uh, so highly recommend that if you want to form a more positive relationship with social media and in particular Instagram and use it to great effect and stop hating it, take the intensive. I'll put it in the show notes. And that as well is only open until uh, until Friday. I'm not sure exactly what time, but I would not wait. I would not wait if that's something that you're interested in. Check out the show notes. Have a click. Go. So with 11 and a half minutes of announcements underway, uh, I, I wanted to talk about gremlins today. And this is something that I get asked about um, and have gotten a few requests about in terms of the podcast. Like, can you talk about fighting gremlins and like gremlin fighting? If you have no idea what I'm talking about, a gremlin is any kind of psychological hurdle that oppresses you. And I'm talking about imposter syndrome, self-doubt, perfectionism, 
all that shit that just tells you that you're not good enough and keeps you held back is what we call a gremlin. And that phrase is coined by Chantal McCormick, my own mentor and the CEO of Fidget Fee Aerial Dance and the Irish Aerial Dance Festival in Ireland. And there's a couple of ways of looking at fighting gremlins, and one of them is to look at the language that we're using right off the bat, because gremlins are not something uh, to fight, because it's not it's not a battle that we really even want to win, because it's not a battle. Like, a gremlin is part of you. It's yourself. And it's a protective instinct by your mind to keep you where you are. Because where you are, even if you're miserable is familiar and familiar is safe and your nervous system always wants you to be safe it does not like unpredictable things it does not like uncertainty a gremlin is like uh, the wicked stepmother of a fairy tale that puts the princess in the tower so that nothing happens to her nothing happens to her and that's the problem that's what we don't want is for nothing to happen and gremlins work really really well they're very very good at this so instead of thinking about fighting them which is the, the first instinct we're really negotiating with the, with them because we're negotiating with a part of our own psychology they aren't evil they aren't bad um, some of them can feel really insidious but they're there for a pretty positive reason but that doesn't mean that we give them the wheel now, here's another metaphor that I really like for <laughs> navigating gremlins. Picture this. You're in a minivan, right? And you're driving down the highway and you have this yappy, yappy dog in the passenger seat. And it's like, <laughs> just, just going to town. That's the gremlin. And what most people do is they put the yappy, shitty dog on their laps in the driver's seat and put its little shitty paws on the driving or on the steering wheel and they're like okay you decide where we're going because you're being really loud and annoying do not allow the shitty dog to drive the minivan you're gonna miss all your exits you're just gonna be driving forever it's no good it's not a good road trip instead you give the dog a biscuit put it in the back seat and invite a better co-pilot up into the front seat with you Better co-pilots are the love you have for your creative practice, the tenacity that you have for going after a life that you know is going to be worth living and is worthy of you. In other words, the muse. The muse makes a great co-pilot. Doesn't that sound nice? Oh my God, you're going to make every exit. So you don't want to ignore the gremlins and you don't want to give the gremlins the wheels. Right? We want to negotiate with them. And one of the most helpful pieces of advice is also one of my least favorite. I mean, it works. And that advice is do it anyway. Right? It is true. It's accurate. It is effective. Just do it anyway. Um, because confidence comes after taking action, rarely before. But some, it does leave a lot to be desired, especially because some... <laughs> gremlins can be incredibly painful and very confusing and even quite terrifying. So in addition to uh, just do it anyway, which, like I said, is correct and true and effective, but it doesn't honor 
the impetus behind the gremlin in the first place. So a question that I want to invite you to ask is, what is this gremlin protecting me from? What is this feeling protecting me from? What is it trying to help me avoid? And then we can look at the situation with a kind of a loving detachment and look at our value system because it's always, it's not about burn the gremlins, although I do love a a good gremlin burn. It's just kind of a, a ritual. I'll talk about that in a second. But rather than just trying to obliterate them because we can't, it's part of our psychology, it's part of us, and that's fine. But gremlins are very rarely in line with our value system, and a gentle redirection of focus is what we're looking for here. Not a flaming sword in the darkness, a gentle redirection of focus from the gremlin to your value system and the things that you find good and decent and worthy of you and your life. And in this way, we can experience that resistance without giving it the reins to our life and honoring the impetus behind it. What is this protecting me from? What is this protecting me from? Now, a gremlin burn is a kind of a ritual that I've done many times both alone and um, while teaching groups of people. And you write your gremlins down and I do, you do have to write them down on paper. And then you tear that bad boy up and find a fireproof receptacle and burn it. Burn it. Does this obliterate the gremlin? No, of course not. The gremlin is part of your brain. It's still there. But ritual is just a very human way of making manifest something that is ephemeral. So when you see these things written down and then you see them go up in flames, your lizard brain sees that too. And it's like, yeah, this is better. And there's a catharsis in that. And that catharsis has so much freedom on the other side of it. Like uh, on the other side of fear is freedom to make choices and to choose what we do and how we respond to our fears and our self-doubt. And knowing that we always, always have that choice. Something that um, my dear cousin, Luna, call her my super cousin because we look exactly the same, except we just have different coloring. It's bizarre. And um, she used to say, power comes from the moment that we remember we have a choice. And there are very few actual real times that we do not have a choice. Uh, A lot of people feel trapped Uh, in a circumstance, but a lot of times they're not actually trapped. If you have choices, then you're not trapped. And the only time that we really have no choices is, uh, you know, when we're incarcerated and your rights are taken away in that space. You you do not have rights. You do not have choices. And for the vast majority, and I'm going to go ahead and guess pretty much all of the people listening to this right now, that situation doesn't apply to us. We can be scared, And scared feels like stuck. Being scared feels like we don't have any choices, but we actually do. We do have the choice and we do have uh, the agency to enact change and to decide how we want to respond to our gremlins and our fear. Because remember, you can't be brave if you're not afraid. (laughs) 
brave isn't the absence of fear. It is action in spite of fear. And action is the cure for what ails you. Nothing feels better than doing something about it and making a brave, courageous choice. (laughs) Delicious. So that's it for me today. Just wanted to give you some some good gremlin negotiation tactics and metaphors and tell you about some fun opportunities. I hope that you're having a fantabulous week and I hope that you have very excellent co-pilots sitting with you in the minivan. Thank you all, each and every one of you for being here. Thank you so much for your ears and for your time and for your brain. You can always reach me at Rachel Strickland Creative on Instagram and on Patreon. I am there. Have a great week, my friends, and don't go back to sleep.